This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. Happy signing day, everybody. Early signing day. But this, I mean, this is becoming the big signing day. I know we'll still have it in February, like and it. and I'm sure we'll still check in with, with Brian and Hatch uh, coming up in February. But this one, um, this one is, is, feels like the big one. Unless all the uh, recruits did what you suggested they do and just wait till the last minute. No, I, I said if I were the creme de la creme of recruits, I would do that. That would be a much more difficult okay. thing if I were just, you know, a D1 recruit. You want to make sure these teams, you know, have a spot for you. Because if you're, yeah. you know, good but not great, they'll just go out and find another good player. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm yeah. saying I would milk okay. it if I were, like, the guy of guys, you know. <laughs> okay. If I'm picking between, right. uh, you know... All the Florida schools, Ohio State, Alabama, you know, USC, Oregon, I'm picking between all the best, you know, universities or whatever. I'd absolutely milk it for all it's worth. But if I was just a dude, no, you'd think about it a little bit differently. All right, uh, let's jump out to the zone phone. He covers the Utes for the Locked on Utes podcast. He also does some producing for us here at the Zone Sports Network. He's our friend Brian Brown. What's up, Brian? I'm just so happy to be joining two fine fans of caroling today in you, Jake, and you, Gordon. <laughs> not, not my thing. <laughs> not, not my thing. Hey, congrats to you on, on launching the Locked on Utes podcast, though. I think that's awesome. Thank you. It was, uh, um, it's been a lot of fun so far. We're a week in, so I think I'm still kind of like in the honeymoon phase of it, but we've had a lot of positive feedback, and you know, days like today are the best because you can talk about it for a week, so content is king. All right, give us. So, a, what are oh, sorry, the, go ahead, Gordon. What, what, what are the main points of uh, the youth recruiting class this time around? Uh, I think the biggest point, I, I, if I'm writing a headline, Gordon, then the headline is this: Youth make huge breakthrough in Pac-12, and that's primarily because they're the fourth-rated uh, class in the Pac-12, 29th ranked in the country, and they have kind of pushed past for the first time that that 30 range and and they're ranked 29th currently with a few spots left to fill and it is primarily due to ethan calvert who is a linebacker out of california and peter castelli who's the four-star quarterback recruit yeah i think he's been on with dj and pk before uh committed back in april and those are kind of the headliners of the class and it's what's allowed utah to really do some work behind the scenes and, and create a really great class out of uh what's been a just bizarre year. Tell us a little bit about Peter Costelli. He is a fascinating prospect. Um, he's been on the radar for the University of Utah for a while. Um, California is kind of a hotbed right now for college QBs. I think some of that is due to the weather. Some of that is due to, you know, the training down there. John Beck, Jordan Palmer are all huge names in, in that individual training industry and so a lot of kids down there get a lot of work and and develop quickly and he's a very cerebral very gritty very athletic quarterback but he's still just a little bit raw and inexperienced um 
He's 6'4". He's about 215, 220 now. He runs a 10.5 or a 10.6 meter, which is incredibly fast. He's about a 4.540. So if you're thinking of a model, I I don't want to label him as Alex Smith 2.0, but he's in that same kind of vein. Um, Big frame, moves really well. Um, And and he has been a prospect that Utah has been chasing for, for quite a while. So I think... His commitment to the youths and the youth commitment to him is a very good indicator of, of what they've really tried to improve on, and that's the play at quarterback. How do the youths usually go about their recruiting process? Do they Are they consistent year by year, or do they go, okay, we're going to go heavy in this particular position group this time around and, and then concentrate on something else later? Uh, they definitely go position by position. I think last year was a strong indicator. Both they they needed defensive linemen, so they went heavy on the defensive line position. I think they also felt very good about their position with a lot of defensive linemen. Uh, this year, it's it's the linebacking core. Um, it, they are thin at the linebacking position, and although they've had a lot of production from it this year with you know incoming freshman Tiani Fotu, the incredible play of Devin Lloyd, and and the really outstanding play of, of Noah Sewell um, or excuse me, Nephi Sewell Noah's been good too, but that's, he plays for Oregon um, so they knew they, they needed to get some fillers in there so uh, obviously even Ethan Calvert was a big get there uh, legacy recruit Jonah Ellis, who is Luther Ellis's son out of Moscow, Idaho I think he'll probably end up at linebacker he's another big pickup for them uh, Trey Reynolds he's, he's almost kind of like a clone of Cody Barton in a lot of respects uh, he'll be a mission kid, so he won't get there for another two years. But he was a pickup that they were really excited about. And then uh, Mason Tufaga out of uh, St. Louis High School in Hawaii, who is another really highly rated uh, linebacking recruit. He's a four-star kid. And I think any other year he would have been the kind of guy that, that kind of would have been the crown jewel of the class. But they were also able to pick up Ethan Calvert. And so that – it's a very heavy linebacker class. I think they've done a good job of getting guys who can step in and play in Calvert and Tupanga, but also some developmental guys in Jonah Ellis and Trey Reynolds. And so they've done a good job of, of finding available talent, getting the, the right talent into position, and also getting enough guys so that they aren't left hanging if somebody gets injured or if somebody goes into a transfer portal, which seems to be you know this super popular trend for some reason, even though most guys don't ever leave the portal once they go in. Um, so they they kind of do it year by year. I think the recruiting philosophy has changed a lot from when they entered in the Pac-12 and they were just trying to offer everybody to where now they are really zeroing in on the right kinds of guys. So they don't offer a ton, but they offer the right ones, and, and they've found a lot of success in the last few years with it. Jackson Dart from uh, Corner Canyon picked USC today. Did the Utes make a push on him? They did, yeah, they did, and and it's that was a, a tough situation for Utah. Um, I think obviously being the son of Brandon Dart, who played at the University of Utah, they were well aware of Jackson and were in communication with him. Uh, I think it, it's sad to say this, but I think some of what hurt Jackson in terms of getting looks at recruiting is the fact that a he's a baseball player, and so rather than going through all the camp circuits in the spring like most national level recruits. He was out playing and, and, and being a high school kid like he should. And, and you're seeing in the NFL now and at the next level, a lot of the quarterbacks that are 
really good outside the pocket and really excel are those guys who can make the off-platform throws that they learn while playing baseball. I think Zach Wilson's a great example of it locally. You know, you look in the league, it's Pat Mahomes, it's Kyler Murray, it's all these kinds of guys. And so I think it's important for guys to do that. But at the same time, he got left a little bit behind. And on top of that, he was at Roy High School. And, and he was a great player at Roy, but it's just not the same level of competition as a place like Corner Canyon. And I think that's why part of the reason why they decided to make the move to Corner Canyon. And, and at that point in time, the, the jury was still out on him a little bit in terms of how good is he really. And so if you're Utah and, and they're pushing for an offer on, on – you know, Jackson's side of the family, and, and you're a little reticent to make that offer because you really have to be impactful at the QB position. I think this year, above all else, if you weren't already convinced of that, should convince you. You have to have a great quarterback to play in the Pac-12. And so I think as they were a little hesitant to offer, Jackson bet on himself and, and came out on top. He's he's a tremendous talent. It, it's, it's a bummer to see him go to USC, but at the same time, if I'm removing all my fan emotions and my, my local bias, it's probably the best spot for him because Graham Harrell's done a good job of developing quarterbacks. They're going to throw the ball 60 times a game. It's a system that's going to fit his skill set. You know, he's a big, strong kid in the pocket. He's very accurate. He throws a great downfield ball, um, and, and he is you know a very smart quarterback when he's in there you know he'll get better at his pre-snap reads and everything like that as he gets down to usc um but you know it's it's a tough situation for the university of utah and i think they're going to continue to encounter that as they move forward with those kids that they're just not quite sold on with their evaluations so speaking of evaluating, there's all kinds of aspects to recruiting. I get it, you know, but you got to understand and you got to be able to recognize the kind of talent you're looking for, like you were suggesting earlier. But you also have to have the personality. You got to have a certain presence. You got to be uh, a good salesperson. Uh, who on the youth staff is really good at all those things? Well, I think the obvious answers in the past have been Morgan Scally and Sharif Shaw. Uh, I think the real superstar as of late has been Colton Swan, and it's indicated by the fact that he's he's nailed two four-star recruits um, in this class. You know, last year he was able to land Sione Fotu, who has stepped in and and been a contributor immediately. But also it's in the way that he's developed those recruits and the relationships that that he's built with those guys. You know, since he's taken over, I don't think there's been a single – you know, player at the linebacking position that's played regularly that hasn't had an opportunity to, to go do something at the next level. And, and obviously his time has been short, but that's, you know, a pretty stellar success rate. And I think part of it is he just has a great eye for talent. I think the other part of it too is that he is just an incredibly hard working and, and very energetic um, individual. And, and I think a lot of it too is that he's very sincere and, and he builds these relationships with the kids much in the same way that Morgan and Sharif Shaw have, where when the kids start to doubt what's coming from the mouths of other schools, they feel a lot more, I guess, at home with the University of Utah. It's, everybody talks about family in college football, but it's the most consistent feedback that we get when we talk to recruits or their, or their parents or people around it that, that Utah really does feel like a family. I think it, it's probably a little unique to Utah just in the culture, but I think you've seen Kyle Whittingham really make that a, a focus point of his program. I think you've seen his disciples, you know, like Kalani Sataki do it at other programs. And, and I think that it does 
with this modern style of recruit where they are a little bit more in touch with their emotions, we'll say it that way, um, the family aspect really resonates, and I think Colton Swan has done a great job of selling that with recruits. Brian Brown with us here from the Locked on Utes podcast, breaking down signing day for us. Thanks, Brian. We appreciate you, and keep up the good work. Love chatting with you, gentlemen. Have a great rest of your day. Back at you, buddy. Brian Brown uh, does a great job. Co- covers the Utes, has been for a long time. Uh, I know they just launched uh, the Locked on Utes podcast, but he's been working for us and doing some uh, other blogging and writing for quite some time. We we love Brian. He, he does a great job. You've heard him talk about uh, uh, when Utah recognizes the timing of recognizing the right talent, and you can't delay on it these days. But the talent coming out of Utah now is such that you have teams like USC and and Alabama and others coming in to raid the talent, Jake. And that must be frustrating for a Pac-12 program like uh, Utah. Well, um, Jackson Dart's really good. I mean, we've heard Coach Mack. Yeah. Um, uh, who else? I mean, Alema. Anybody who's who's gone down there and watched him play seems to come back uh, raving about him. So, not surprised that he got a. Well, he better be good if he's going to SC. He's going to face a lot of competition down there. Well, yeah. I mean, he's got to beat out a, a Heisman Trophy candidate. Who's the kid that was? Uh, and he <laughs> won't probably. Not even a laugh. Come uh, he's on. Have to no, he's going to have to wait his turn. When you, what's the other kid who left there, JT Daniels? Yeah, he went you to know, Georgia, I mean, right? He's a five-star recruit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but he found himself in a situation, and uh, that goes to show you, you got a five-star or top quarterback in the country recruited there and ended up having to go somewhere else to play. All right, we're going to talk to Jake Hatch coming up next. He hosts the Locked on Cougars podcast. We'll talk to him about BYU's signing day today. That's straight ahead here on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's highest-rated, most-listened-to-sports-radio-afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally-owned Big O' Tires for no-credit-needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, man, it's The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Jake Hatch coming up here momentarily. Hatch uh, of the Locked On Cougars podcast and, uh, of course, has covered BYU for the station for a long, long time. We'll get his thoughts on uh, BYU's recruiting class thus far. You know, it is, uh, we mentioned this before, but it is the hard thing when you you, you cover BYU recruiting because you just aren't going to see any of these guys for a couple of years. And uh, it's almost like out of sight, out of mind. And then they come back and you go, oh, yeah, he was supposed to be really good. You might see a couple of them. Uh, not everybody goes on missions, but uh, it is it is complicated much more so than most places, yeah. for sure. I know. There's those sinners like Hans that elect not to go. Well, I've had some good players through the years who uh, stuck around. You can at least laugh at my joke. I don't really think that if you stay, you're a sinner. You can at least oh, say, I thought you were. Ha, you, that's you, funny. You weren't, oh, that was a joke? Well, you you do you think my my slight calling Hans a, a sinner was uh, serious? I thought you were telling the truth. 
<laughs> what? Well, you know, we all know about the rum thing, but no, I think Hans is a, <laughs> a fairly devout guy. Okay, I'm just kidding. All right, good. I'm yeah. just kidding. I thought you were serious, though. So. No, you didn't. Stop it. From uh, what you've said to me about Hans Okay, all right. All right. Are you trying to get me beat up? Because I actually, unlike you, have to see Hans occasionally. So let's let's watch it there. All right, let's get out of the zone phone. Uh, he, he's the host of the Locked On Cougars podcast. Uh, he also produces DJ and PK every single morning, covers BYU for the station. He's our friend Jake Hatch. What's up, Hatch? Not too much, boys. How are you? Good, man. Are you, you're helping with the Locked On Youth podcast too, right? I am working with Brian Brown. We just launched it late last week, and we're off and rolling. So busy times for me, but lots of fun regardless. Not to mention two young children, so it's not like you're busy at all. <laughs> not one bit. <laughs> not at all. All right, uh, Hatch, uh, let's start here. Who is the crown jewel thus far of the BYU recruiting class? Uh, the crown jewel by the recruiting rankings is Logan Fano from Timview High School. Um, many people probably are familiar with his story, but he committed to BYU when he was in eighth grade. Backed off that commitment as he started to see more and more attention from Power Five programs during his high school days, and then ultimately came back to the Cougars uh, late here in this cycle and assigned with BYU. If he lives up to his potential and Obviously, that's always the $100 question with all these recruits. If he lives up to that potential, you're looking at a potential NFL player on your hands. Hmm. How disappointed were the Cougars about uh, missing on a a certain quarterback out of Corner Canyon? (laughs) Uh, I think there was some disappointment that Jackson Dart did pick the Trojans. Uh, Obviously, BYU didn't have any other quarterbacks they had offered in this class. It does make me wonder, Gordon, if they are going to try and find a quarterback going into the February signing day. It'll be a tighter window, obviously, and BYU invested a lot of time in recruiting Dart. Uh, They were one of the first programs to offer him, even when he was playing at Roy High School. So they've been on him for a long time. So it is disappointing for them to miss out, lose out to USC, but we'll see if they can find somebody here in the next month and a half in the lead-up to February. Was that a surprise? Uh, Hatch, that he was that he would not pick BYU, or was it more up in the air than that? Uh, it's it was a surprise in that uh, USC. Uh, okay, let me let me back up on that. It was not surprising that he picked USC after all. Graham Harrell and the Trojans have a phenomenal program. It is the allure of Troy, uh, the white horse, all that stuff. Gordon knows as well as anybody about that. But uh, I think that. The pin-picking USC is not all that surprising. It was surprising to see him blow up as much as he did, though, uh, his senior year at Corner Canyon. He did so many things uh, for Corner Canyon, but a lot of people hadn't seen his talent until he got there. He played most of his high school career at Roy High School, didn't necessarily play in an offense that featured his skill set, but his meteoric rise was pretty phenomenal, all things considered, especially amidst the pandemic when offers – we're being made via Zoom, evaluations being made via huddle highlights, that type of stuff. I see that in this class there are some there are some kids who have bloodlines back to BYU whose fathers played for the Cougars. Are those guys any good? Uh, yeah, I, I think they actually are. Uh, Cade Hoke is one of them. Chris Hoke, his father, was a defensive lineman for BYU before going and winning those Super Bowls that he won with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Chris actually still works out in uh, Pittsburgh for a radio station, so that's why his son was playing out there. 
But he's a good football player. He's a linebacker, unlike his father. He doesn't have the same frame that his dad did. Uh, I'm expecting him to come in and be a good player for BYU. I also think the other guys on the, ro- the roster that have those bloodlines, as you like to say, Gordon, uh, Raider DeMooney among them. Jack DeMooney, his dad's currently on the staff there as one of the recruiting coordinators. I'm as high on Raider DeMooney as anybody in this class for BYU because I think he can just make an impact at four, five, six positions potentially. Wasn't he recruited by a bunch of big-name programs? Yeah, he had most of the Pac-12 come after him, Oregon. Uh, there was a long time that Utah tried to flip him to go up to Salt Lake City to play there. He had a bunch of programs after him, but I think ultimately the pull of uh, being at BYU where his dad played and also just being uh, at a school that he grew up rooting for was too much for him to pass up on. Jake Hatch is, uh, is with us here on 97.5 and, and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Hatch, I heard you talking about this a little bit with Hanson Scotty, uh, about the situation that the current uh, regime, the current recruiting coordinators inherited from the previous regime and the effect that that maybe has had on this class. Can you dive into that again for us? Yeah, so what happened is the past recruiting coordinators uh, weren't as organized as they needed to be. There, there's been software specifically written for BYU. It's actually been developed for other programs, but it was originally developed for BYU to help them kind of navigate the roster situation that BYU finds itself in year in and year out. You guys know, uh, most people out there I think are aware, that BYU sends a number of guys on missions each year. And balancing the 85 scholarships, when you have guys leaving for two years and then reentering the picture after those two years can make it an absolute headache. The, the former staff did not do a good job of using the tools at their uh, discretion uh, to organize that. So when uh, Jason Ayu and Jack DeMooney came in to take over the new recruiting stuff, they found themselves in a massive mess. They had to kind of just start from scratch in essence and rebuild the spreadsheets that have been developed and all that type of stuff to get themselves back on track. I do give credit to Jack DeMooney and Jason Ayu. They clawed their way out of the mess they were in. Uh, and I can tell you this much right now, BYU recruiting-wise is in a much better spot simply due to their efforts. And it'll probably take a year or two at least to get everything back to, I guess, what we call normal. But they're on a good track already. How would you rate this class overall if you were doing the judging, Jake? I think it's actually Kalani, if not his best class, his second best class. I think that he did a good job, him and his staff, of finding a lot of talent amidst. Uh, they're probably only going to take at most, based on what I hear, 18 or 19 guys. And obviously, you can set up to 25 per NCAA rules. But I think they've done a good job at identifying the talent they needed to bring in. They did a good job restocking it along that offensive line. They could see a bunch of NFL defections here in the next uh, year or so. So I think they did a decent job at finding, I guess, the, the old adage, quality over quantity. I'm blindsiding you a little bit with this hatch, so uh, 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 I apologize for that. But what are, what are the, um, the crew of missionaries coming back next year? What does that look like? So the missionary situation, I, I, I'll be frank with you, Jake, I don't have a full picture on it because – COVID wreaked havoc on a lot of things. Uh, BYU thought that they were going to have a guy like Jacob Conover, who's currently in the program, and he's a walk-on technically this fall. He actually was originally slated to come back from his mission this coming year in 2021 and then join the program in the fall of 2021. Well, uh, COVID, uh, 
I guess, necessitated him to come home early. He got home, decided, you know what, I don't want to sit around for four or five months before January gets here to enroll in school. So he he actually opted to walk on with the BYU football program and play this fall. He'll be on scholarship starting in the next couple of weeks here in January when school kicks back up. But I don't have a full picture on that because I think there were some guys who came in early because of that, and there were a number of guys who uh, had missions cut short, et cetera, that have been pushed to this January. So I apologize. I don't have a clear picture on who the return missionary class is going to be. doesn't sound like uh, that would be an easy thing to track down at the moment. Yeah, it, it's just it, it's going to be interesting. That, that roster that gets released kind of in that mid-January when school kicks back up, I think will tell us a lot of, okay, those guys are the guys that are back from missions and the ones that they finally brought in. I, I, I really have to wait until then, I feel like. Jake, I want to circle back to that quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Who Who's the best of the bunch based on what you've seen and heard? Uh, not named Zach Wilson. Okay, well, that's an interesting question because I have people that I've talked to down there who think that Jaron Hall, if he's healthy, is the best quarterback behind Zach Wilson. That's a big question mark right there is his health. We've seen him deal with concussion issues. He's had a hip issue that has had him out most of the season this year. Uh, if he can get healthy – he could be a starting caliber quarterback for BYU, but the health is in question. Baylor Romney beat Boise State famously in 2019, uh, coming in essentially cold. He had a week's worth of preparation to play that game. But there are a lot of people down there who think Jacob Conover, this freshman, he's a four-star prospect. He won three state titles in high school in Arizona, uh, played for the powerhouse Chandler down there, was a three-year starter. A lot of people think that he could come in, and if he wins the starting job next year, could be the starting quarterback for at least three, if not four years. Wow. Last thing for me, Hatch, and maybe the most important question of this interview, uh, who is the uh, highest maintenance host on the morning show? Oh, God. <laughs> 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 okay. You blindsided me earlier, Jake. Now, this is a real blindside. So dance, Hatch. Dance. <laughs> I, I love both aggressive little punks. <laughs> Nice, nice pull, Austin. Uh, David and Patrick are great. I love DJ and PK. It's been fun working with them. They're just a fun bunch to have working with me. <laughs> That's funny that you like them so much, Jake, because they, they don't like you much. Whoa, oh. that was oh, really wow. mean. That was really this mean. Is, this, is, this is news to me. Jeez. <laughs> oh, it's a joke. Come on. Everybody <laughs> lighten up a little bit. Of course. They love Yak. <laughs> Although, doesn't PK call you Judas? Yeah, there's a backstory on that one. That was I, self-inflicted on that one, though, I well, will admit. Okay, so PK has thrown me personally under the bus more than once, uh, Hatch. <laughs> so I, yeah. I give you uh, permission to go ahead and, and return the favor with that nickname. I have... I have I have observed him throwing you under the bus personally, so <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will pick you up on that. Right, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so had, what happened? What when when PK what, threw what, me under what, the bus? No, no. What happened with the? What's the story behind? No, you were just burning bridges all day here. Seriously, Gordon. <laughs> I'm gonna call you there torch. Was a, there was a comment that PK made on air that I, in error, backed up and confirmed that he said that I probably shouldn't have. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and I get. Uh, I love that Hatch gets the blame when it was PK himself who said it. <laughs> yeah, but you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> How dare you uh, tell the truth about what I did? You know, PK exactly. says something on the radio, and it was like it was just let's just aside from that. In, you know. know. So, so Yak, how, how long have you been doing it at the morning show now? How long has that been? So I I, tell, I I looked that up just the other day. I am in my seventh year with you guys, six oh, and a half years technically. That's awesome. You know, because while well, we tease uh, DJ and PK about, well, not tease them, but we, we talk to them about how long they've been together. But, man, you're a big part of what they've done now for seven they're, years. They're coming up on the two-decade mark. So. Yeah, they are. Yeah. The funny thing is I love to mess with uh, uh, DJ about this in particular because I – Truth be told, I woke up listening to DJ and PK in the early days. I was in high school at that point, and my alarm clock was set to uh, the zone at that time. I think it was the original spot on the zone. I grew up listening to it, and I always joke with DJ how fun it is that I grew up listening to this, woke up to their show, and now I'm producing it. Hatch, you do a great job, and you're hosting Locked on Cougars and uh, doing a terrific job with that. Thanks for jumping on with us, buddy. Thanks for having me, boys. Have a good day. Jake Hatch. Uh, produces uh, DJ and PK in the mornings, but uh, does Locked On Cougars and uh, is helping with Locked On Utes as well. So uh, does a great job covering the Cougars specifically for the station. Big thanks to him coming on with us. Uh, coming up uh, right around the corner, we'll get was some I more. Too rough, was I too rough there at the end there? <sighs> was I too rough? Yeah. What, what? I mean, we're... Ha, ha, ha. I thought that was all in good fun. Guess what? No one likes you. Yeah. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Let's tease DJ and PK. <laughs> and then Gordon follows up with, well, they hate your guts. <laughs> That's funny. You love them so much because they hate you. You don't see why that would not be not be funny. It was a joke. It was uh, of course they love him. You There's think a little truth in every show. Joke. They didn't love him. Seriously, no, oh. not at all. Are you kidding me? Hatch, Hatch takes the high road. Where oh. no, those guys are the best. Love working with him. Oh yeah, well they hate you. <laughs> Can you imagine having a producer like that? <laughs> wow. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, wow. Austin. <laughs> well, you can switch if you'd like. Oh, man. Oh. Stay tuned. More next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. <laughs> This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 Zone. Thanks to uh, Brian Brown and Jake Hatch for helping us out on Signing Day today. Host of the Locked On Utes and Locked On Cougars podcast who jumped on with us to uh, break that down. Big thanks to them. Uh, Austin just brought this up in the break. Uh, Gordon, did you see the news that Gordon Hayward broke his finger? Oh, man. One thing after another, isn't it? Uh, interesting, though, I do we know he's going to miss the preseason, right, Austin? But do we know if he's going to miss any other time? Because uh, when he did that in Utah, if you remember, his last year, his contract year, broke his uh, his finger in the preseason, but he played through it. Yeah, I don't think we've seen an official timeline yet, but yeah, he won't be back for a couple weeks, I think. Well, no point in certainly playing in the preseason anymore. Right. I mean, you ever uh, broken a finger? Uh, no, I have not. Yeah, it's not fun. Uh, my father uh, shattered his finger, and I mean shattered it because he has uh, he has like 
uh, a bunch of screws in it now on his pinky on his I think left hand actually I know it's his left hand because he he pulled the old ah, I'm sure it's fine it's just <laughs> sprained you know and he actually played catch with me <laughs> like uh, baseball you know uh, went out and had a catch or whatever and then he went to the doctor the next day because he's like wow this really hurts a lot and the doctor's like yeah uh, there's not much left there it's wow. <laughs> it's 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 been shattered the so. time that uh, Hayward had that injury in Utah though was his non-shooting hand I believe you're right and this one is his is shooting on hand. his shooting hand so they that, say it's his fifth metatarsal isn't that your pinky sure I don't know Dr. Monson me neither no, I'm not sure the fifth metatarsal is connected to the what yeah go ahead Gordon we know you want to no because I <laughs> that doesn't I thought, I thought metatarsal was a foot I don't know. Connected to the. Go Teach ahead. Me. Go ahead. No, I'm not gonna, go. No, no, I'm not here for your. That's what you want. That's what you want to do. And let's hope you're here for our entertainment because you know this is a radio show. <laughs> it was. So uh, it's the metacarpal. Okay. So it's not the metatarsal. metacarpal. That's the foot. Oh. Metacarpal. I'll be back with which finger that. How, is. how do you know about foot bones? There's not a foot bone. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's more bones in the foot than yeah, anywhere else. Just you, know, you, know, you get the toe bone is connected to the foot bone. See, you couldn't help yourself, so, could you? The you fifth metatarsal. The foot bone is connected to the <laughs> ankle see, bone? I couldn't, thought I took care of this. I know. He couldn't help himself. Fifth metacarpal is the uh, pinky below the knuckle. On his shooting hand. Yeah. Okay. Pinky. Why don't you just cut it off? On his shooting hand? That's what Ronnie Lott would do. He wasn't shooting the football. <laughs> wasn't even handling the football. Do we know what instrument was used to to uh, uh, cut off Ronnie Lott's finger? Was it did he bite it off? Was it like yard clippers? What did they do? <laughs> Bowler actually did a game with his son uh-huh. and knows the exact story. Oh, really? And for the life of me, I'm forgetting. It We're right gonna now. have to. We'll have to ask. Bowler. I thought it was a hacksaw. Just right there in the on the sideline. Yeah, like the yeah. trainer has a hacksaw for just such an occasion. Hey, hey, like, give that. me a piece, of, give me a piece of leather to bite on and get rid of it. What did they go to the janitor and say, "Hey, can I have a or, or the maintenance guy and say, "Hey, can I can I get a hacksaw?" And by the way, you have a cigarette lighter so we can sterilize it. <laughs> oh man, that would hurt. <laughs> a hacksaw. Imagine if television caught that. The, the trainer's over there. <laughs> Don't worry. We, we sanitized it with a cigarette lighter. He'll be back in. He'll be back in next possession. Don't worry. What is this, the Middle Ages? Oh, what? Don't worry. We, we snatched a, a guy's beer from the front row and sanitized that pretty good. He's going to be fine. You got a guillotine over there? Jeez. What was the worst, uh, what was the worst kind of uh, equipment used for torture back then? I'm going to leave this to you. What do you mean back then? Uh, Ronnie Lott, it was like 1985 or whatever. No, no, what I, I, know, I know I'm talking about torture, torture, because I brought up the guillotine. Guillotine wasn't really torture as much as it was ex- uh, execution. <laughs> it's not really used for torture. So I don't see what line you're or what uh, dots you're cro- or, uh, connecting there. Hmm. All right, never mind. Wouldn't want to have a little fun, a little torture talk. Going into a live. Going into a live, right, true. (laughs) 
And now our paying client. All right, uh, let's jump out to the zone phone. And, and I can't believe I've got to start this with an apology because you know, I was hoping we'd get off to a good start. Uh, he is Alex from Globe Life Heritage. Alex, what's happening? It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, absolutely, Jake. Thank you for having me on the radio. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's start out and, and first talk specifically about uh, what it is you can do for our listeners. Absolutely. So at Globe Life Family Heritage, uh, we offer something called supplemental health insurance. And I think it's a really good time to, to be talking about this right now because I feel like a lot of people, you know, they just kind of figured out what they're going to have for their health insurance going through the open enrollment period and, and what their deductible is going to be and, and what their max out of pocket is going to be. And, and I, I, what a lot of people don't realize is even though you have health insurance and, yeah, you, you got to worry about the deductible and the, and the max out of pocket, health insurance misses a lot of things. It, you know, you get injured and you have to miss work. Health insurance isn't going to make up your income, you know, or, you know, there's just, there's just so many different things that, that health insurance misses. And so that's where supplemental health insurance comes in and, and, and so we, we offer you know, accident and injury plans, cancer plans, heart attack and stroke plans, ICU plans, and maternity plans to help people with those costs that, that maybe they weren't expecting when, when bad things happen. How much does it, uh, it cost to do it, Alex? Um, it really, it, 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 it's based upon age, but normally what we see is people spend anywhere from from 20 to about $70 a month. And with, with, uh, with that kind of cost and what, with, you know, with some of the things they're able to do, for example, with our accident and injury plan, if you go and, and, and you break your leg, we'll pay you $10,000 in cash, not to the, not to the doctor, not to any of those people. We'll pay directly to our customer or our client $10,000 that they can use to pay their bills and take some time off work and recover the way they're supposed to. So that that's just kind of an example. And I've got to ask you, because I can't believe uh, I'm reading this right. Is it true that uh, if you don't uh, use it, you can get those premiums back? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So one of the, one of the huge reasons why I, I, I love this company and I love this product is with all of the policies we sell, um, yeah, if if uh, you have the policy and after a certain amount of time you never end up using it, um, we'll return all of your premiums back to you. And then even if you do use it, but the claims that you submit are smaller than the premiums you've paid over that amount of time, we'll give you the difference. So no matter what, you're going to get all your money back. Wow. But if something seriously bad happens, you're protected. What a sweet deal. All right. Well, what's the best way to get started for our listeners out there that uh, are interested? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we, uh, we, we obviously do a, a, a no-cost uh, consultation on, on everyone's situation, so they can reach out at 385-985-5138 um, and ask for Alex, and, and that's going to be the best way. Hit us with that number one more time. 385-985-5138. He is our friend Alex from Globe Life Family Heritage. Thank you, Alex, so much for jumping on with us. We appreciate it. Thanks, Jake. You got it. Globe Life Family Heritage. Thanks to Alex to uh, uh, for jumping on. Alex, one heck of a guy, by the way. He'll take great care of you. 
they're a, a new sponsor with us here on The Zone, uh, Gordon. But uh, I met Alex a few weeks ago. He actually, uh, when he was talking to Kurt about what we could do for him, uh, Kurt, our, our great sales manager, he came down to the warehouse and uh, got a chance to meet him. And a uh, great guy. Uh, he'll take great care of our listeners. So that's uh, Globe Life Family Heritage. Uh, Gordon, uh, we will... Uh, you still there, yes. Gordon? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm here. Sorry for... Uh Causing you uh, to have to apologize. It was a little embarrassing, but I suppose I'll, I'll accept your apology. Things. But if you're going through torture like breaking your leg, yeah, Alex right. Says there's a way. We'll to, help you out. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> he didn't say. Perfect. You know, uh, he didn't say torture-related injuries were exempt. So right. that's good news. That's, Not saying they aren't. Check with Alex. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Christian Cox is next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone.